1: Monica Dare back in the in the boiling point, of, or booth, I'm gonna say, um, and you, uh, by popular demand, are back instead of Greg Hemmings. <laughs> so Monica has been with us for five weeks now. What it, what have you over the last? I guess kind of is there been a thread through the last four interviews? We're gonna jump into our fifth here as a as the as a host here. What have, what's have you have you noticed a thread? Is there anything that you've enjoyed?
2: I think there's a really interesting commonality in the the people that have been on to go their own way, to mm. trust in what makes them great instead of borrowing ideas that belong to someone else. And really, it's about being courageous enough to kind of follow those to be able to create the ventures that they're doing or even to create a process or a work environment that they believe in that is in in line with them and what they believe in. So. Yeah. I think, you know, going with your own MO is yeah. a reoccurring theme.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of pioneers, eh? Like they're mm-hmm. all, yeah, totally, 100%. Well, it's been a real pleasure. And um, you. you never know, um, you may, you know, you might be taking over this whole podcast. I could see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, awesome. People are like, we don't want to hear from Dave and Greg. Um, so now let's jump into, the, <clears throat> we got a really cool podcast. Um, interviewee set up. And I'll tell you why I'm really interested in it. There's a whole bunch of reasons, but one that's that's, that's of, of utmost importance is I have this event happening in my life in a few <laughs> weeks and, um, and, and, and it goes back. And if you go back a few, uh, a few podcasts, people would have learned that for that, uh, even at this advanced age that I'm at, um, uh, I was able to, um, procreate or with <laughs> my wife and I after a wonderful trip to Amsterdam. And so we're back into like thinking about baby stuff and we gave all this away and our oldest is 10 our next is seven. And, um, and one of the things that naturally comes to mind is diapers. Right. right, right. And, and this is just such a perfect segue into this interview be- for me because, um, this is literally, we're talking three, four weeks away. You know, we're very wow. excited. Yep. Um, we're kind of back to this, but, um, Jason, we're going to bring you into this conversation because you know a little bit about the topic of, of diapers and, and your company's of G-Diapers. Um, why don't you introduce yourself, Jason, and and tell tell listeners like myself that are particularly interested in diapers at this stage of my life or this stage of our life, um, a little bit about who you are and, and and G-Diapers.
3: Sure. Well, hi. And I never liked Craig either, and I just think it's a great <laughs> move here. I think that uh, – I never liked him. He had shifty eyes. Like, I've never met him, but he just like, felt like no, I No, it's really true. Trust him.
2: <laughs> he had shifty
1: you know, eyes. And, and he had...
3: He did. He had the peg leg. He had the heliotosis. He yeah. had a lot of things not going for him. <laughs> Honestly, it's a fantastic move. So I want to get that off the table now. Well, thanks, <laughs> Jason. Awesome. Thanks for
2: uh, your vote of confidence.
3: No problem. No problem at all. You have my vote. Um, so, back to the question. My wife, who is actually from Montreal and uh, was raised in uh, in Toronto, and I... We had a, um, a, a son 14 years ago, and we weren't very environmental, and we obviously weren't print before then, but we read this statistic that one, one disposable diaper takes 500 years to biodegrade, mm. And there's a couple of oil in every diaper. And yet the diaper industry is like 60 years old, and we've put a man in, on the moon, and we've made an iPod and an iPhone, but we can't do better than that. Um, it just seemed absurd. Uh, you know, in the US, $20 billion diapers go and landfill every year. So... We found some interesting patents in Tasmania, uh, in Australia, where we're from, and uh, it's for not a, a compostable, wet ones only, compostable, pushable baby diaper. And so we started using it as customers fifteen years ago, and then we loved it so much we brought the patents to the rest of the world outside of Australia and New Zealand because the inventor wanted to keep it in New Zealand. So we had to move. So we moved to Portland, Oregon, and with uh, a two-year-old and we were pregnant. And we started G-Diapers, and uh, we're really passionate about ending waste as we know it. We're the only species on Earth that creates waste. And this concept of we'll just throw it away, I mean, the reality is there is no way. Um, and so that's G-Diapers. That's, uh, that's we're a small team in Portland. We've got a, a business in uh, the U.S. and Canada and Europe. Um, I'm now based back in Australia doing R&D for our next-generation products. So I'm calling in from, from Australia. And, um, yeah, we, we, we came to be very environmental once we became parents because we had that realisation that we're going to be leaving this planet to the next generation. And, you know, it's sort of like watching my parents smoking and saying, why did you smoke? And they're like, well, we didn't know it was bad for you. And kind of like in this generation, it's like, why do we consume so much sugar? And it's like, well, we kind of know. Similarly, there's a lot of environmental stuff where it's like our kids will surely look back and say, wow, really? You kept digging out? non-renewable resources and making plastic products and shoving them back in them, wow. <laughs> so that's the very quick one too of, of G-difers, and so that's what we do. And, and to your point leading into this, we, my background, I was a stockbroker in Japan, and, um, which made a lot of money but was meaningless. I was a Japanese teacher uh, in schools and universities back in Australia, which made a lot of meaning but no money. I then met my wife and she'd been on a similar journey. She'd done HIV AIDS research in Zanzibar. Lots of meaning and no money. She had a startup here in Australia. Lots of money, no meaning. And so we finally felt that this was a business that made meaning and made money.
2: It's great to have people that are Right here, I'm sitting here feeling guilty. I have a child in diapers, and I'm just thinking about that there is no away, like you said, that that idea of, <laughs> you know, we're just like, oh, yeah, that'll just go away. And where, where is that? And it doesn't. And I remember being in New Jersey and going to uh, a landfill as part of my architecture studies and seeing the time that mm-hmm. the phone books were being thrown out, all of the whole population yeah. of New York and mm-hmm. New Jersey, and you could see a yellow line in through the landfill and those were going to biodegrade, oh, wow. but just thinking about diapers yeah. and the amount that go through the day, and that idea of of the stats that you're giving us is really <laughs> haunting, to even just think of that. It's a,
3: yeah, and it's a real trick as a brand because the last thing we want, the last emotion we want from parents is guilt. Because mm. I think as soon as you become a parent, you're immediately guilty about a thousand things. Hundred percent. <laughs> <laughs> done you reckon yes you absolutely no, no no i'm, I'm, la- la- yeah.
1: I'm laughing jason i'm laughing because i'm like oh my gosh you're my shrink all of a sudden i'm just like this is so true <laughs> you're like you're totally you're wrapped <laughs> it, with guilt i should be this is a but session I, for both of us yeah exactly exactly <laughs> it's so true
3: it's amazing though right it's no other activity in life where guilt is just you're swimming in it and so it's such a, a mental it's a fascinating process to say how do i get above the guilt be a great parent accept that it's not going to be perfect and and carry on. It's amazing. See so, yeah, her as a company and talking to her parents. The last thing we want is that emotion. It's really tricky to say, you know, you can make any choice if you want, but this is a really good one.
2: <laughs> right. So that's interesting that we've so kind right. of manufactured yeah. guilt and that you're kind of bringing us outside of that. And I think learning about your business a bit, which is a B Corp, is that correct? Are you-
3: yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about B Corp Corp.
2: for listeners that might not know what B Corp is all about?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit, um, so very much just sort of this idea of challenging the status quo. When we started this company, we were young parents 10,000 miles away from any family and friends, and we had, yeah, we were a two-year-old and we were pregnant. So when we started the business, we thought, well, we're going to have to have daycare, like now. I know we're not revenue generating, but we need childcare for us. And then when we started hiring people, we realized, there's so many super smart women who are out of the workforce because they want to be with their kids, but then they want to do a bit of work. And so, you know, our first VP of marketing only ever worked four days a week, which was great. And we had on-site childcare, which was free when we launched. Um, we, we did a whole bunch of things, to flex-friendly work. I mean, I'm sitting in Sydney, Australia, and I work for a company that's in the U.S. That's very flex-friendly.
2: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um,
3: So we've done this for 12 years, and then B Corp came along about three years after it launched. And um, so B Corp is a certification system that's certified about a 1,000 companies globally. The bigger ones are things like Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream, um, Patagonia, probably the biggest ones, Natura, a beautiful Brazilian business, massive business. Um, Unilever is trying to get it certified, I think, ultimately. And what it does is it certifies how you treat your employees. What's the governance of the company? So if you have you know, more than 50% of your board is women, you get more points, for example, which is great. Um, what your product does to the environment, supply chain, all those sorts of things. So we're a B Corp, and we're also the first product to be cradle-to-cradle certified, which means everything that goes into our diaper gets returned to nature That's in a wonderful. neutral, beneficial way. Wow. And so one feeds the other. Because we have cradle-to-cradle certification, we get a much higher B Corporation Um certification. But the B Corp process was fascinating because one of the things you have to do, it's not, you know, there's a lot of green certifications out there and they're very uh, Mickey Mouse, as we say, not very, you know, real. This one, though, you have to change your articles of incorporation. I think it's the same in Canada. I think it's everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Articles of incorporation say that you have to act in the best interests of shareholders. And when you become a B Corp, you have to change that to you must act in the best interests of all stakeholders. So the setup is you're a business, you're growing, there are two offers to, to, to be acquired. One offer offers you much more money and the other one offers you less money. In the current structure, you have to, by law, take the highest financial offer, even though it might be devastating for your employees and the factory might close and you'll go you know, offshore or whatever. Under a B Corp, it gives you the ability to choose a lower offer that might be better for all stakeholders. So it's quite interesting. And uh so yeah, so that's the big Corp thing.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and thank, that's a nice summary, Jason. Um the the one and 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 I'm I'm channeling my Greg Hemmings here because you mentioned all these epic comings, but you didn't mention hemming house pictures.
2: They're they're not around anymore. <laughs> We don't mention them anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Heming's, House. Heming's House Pictures,
1: <laughs> the great filmmaking company that's B Corp, that's uh, that owned by Greg Heming. So I got we gave Greg yeah. a little little plug there. You forgot you mentioned Benadryl. It's mentioned- funny, Greg,
3: Greg, Greg's already dead to me. Yeah, I, I
1: didn't. Who's Greg? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god, he's, he's gonna love like
3: 10, this. That was ten minutes ago. <laughs>
1: that was ten minutes ago. Exactly. Yeah, good point. Thank you. Move on. Um, so, J- Jason, like, so tell me a little bit about. Um, well, here's what I'm curious about is, um, like, wh- how how is it that how is it that we're we're in 2016 or and you started this? In, is it 2012? Did I read that somewhere or two, what? Or 2005? Sorry, no. you started. Well, h- mm-hmm. how is how is it that it took so long? Um, to get um, eco-friendly diapers or, you know, like, or, or like, or what, what's the problem with the, you know, like you, you mentioned earlier, you know, the tobacco industry, well, you know, they're in a slow decline because I think people are pretty much recognizing it for what it is, but yet there's this whole other thing happening around. And, and I think the millions of pounds of diapers that must be put into landfills all the time, you know, how, how is it there's not, you don't, you, or maybe you do and I'm unaware of it, but like a massive amount of competition.
3: It's really fascinating. So if you go back to – so it started in 1960, um, really was the, the, the time when plastics just came to the fore and plastics everywhere. And plastic was the future. And JFK was going to take America to the moon and everything was plastic. And that was the moment they invented plastic disposable single-use diapers. Um, interestingly, up until that point, everyone used cloth and, cloth and diaper rash was about 5% of the population, and today it's 85% of the population. So it's very simple. If you put your hand in a plastic bag, it just sweats. Mm It doesn't breathe. So that was one issue. So from 1960, the 60s, 70s, 80s, late 80s, an interesting thing happened. In 1989, there was a barge full of trash, I think from Fresh Kills landfill off of New York, and it was a barge lost at sea, and no port would accept all this landfill trash. And it raised the consciousness of the people... Um, and there was a big push to start banning disposable diapers state by state. And Procter & Gamble and Kimberly Clark got together and did this incredible ad. They only ran it once, and it was basically a landfill, and out of it spouted this beautiful succulent tree. You know, this this green tree grew from this landfill. They got sued millions and millions of dollars for misinformation, but in that moment, it just killed off, at least in the U.S., from a parent's mindset, it's like, oh, diapers aren't that bad. I'm good. <laughs> and oh. I think in the world of a, a, a parent swimming in an ocean of guilt, they might try and do organic baby food and they might try and be more present with their kids. and But when it gets to diapers, I think that's where they stop and they say, no, I'm out. I'm just going to use disposables because they work so well. Um, so it's a big, it's a monopolistic. It's two massive companies. Um, they, the design hasn't changed in Fifty, sixty—they had the design hasn't changed at all. They just get um, more absorbent, which is kind of weird because you end up with a five-year-old kid not being toilet trained, which is weird because in up until the sixty, up until the sixties, kids were toilet trained at sort of one and a half years of age, and now they're five years of age, and it's pretty sneaky because a diaper in newborn stage is about twenty cents a unit, a uh, pull-up is a buck. So you're spending a dollar a diaper when your kids are sort of three, four, five, and you're battling to get them out of diapers, all because they perform so well. The kid doesn't even know that they're wet. <laughs> so
0: wow. it's just wow. It's crazy. Well, um, it says so, so much. You know,
1: says, and, you know, and that says yeah. so much about where we, you know, how how we are as a culture, right, in terms
3: of in terms of oh, ease true, of right. use it's,
1: and and just yeah, you know, convenience. Uh, oh, conveniently yeah, convenience, exactly.
3: Convenience and convenience and cost, and I really feel like. If you go back to um, the story of Gillette, okay, King Gillette is a guy who, in 1905, his mate invented the disposable bottle cap. It was a bottle cap that came off and you threw it away. Up until that point, it was like those ceramic caps that you see on a Grolsch beer bottle; they, they're not re, they're, they're reusable. So he said, "Wow, there's an interesting thing: there's disposable bottle caps." And he looked around and he launched, obviously, Gillette, the um, the disposable razor, and. It took about 15 years to take off because this razor, up until that point, for 150 plus years, the expression of manhood and strength was a, a guy with a with a, um, a whalebone-handled single-blade um, razor and he would sharpen that and he'd warm the water and he'd get the cream going and it was a 10, 15-minute ritual every day. And when his son was 15, he would teach him how to shave and he would give that item to his son and that thing was passed down from generation to generation. So it was quality, quality, longevity, workmanship. And then Gillette came along in the early 1900s and sensed into this mega trend that was shifting away from that to something around the very beginnings of disposability. And, and, and razors was one of the first things. And what was interesting is that they were much poorer quality as a blade and much more expensive over the lifetime. But it was a new expression of of power, I suppose, and was was convenience and low cost, ultimately low cost. And then from that point with disposable razors, you just see disposable everything, you know? Um, and then disposability, convenience and cost would just have been the theme for, for the last 115 years. And I think it's interesting time now looking at the millennials where access is bigger than ownership. People aren't buying as many cars. They're doing zip card. Um Airbnb, um, but all these trends. So I feel like there's a different kind of trend coming, and maybe, just maybe, we're getting to a different place.
2: So, with that, I think that's a great analogy with the the razor. But what is it? Do you want that? You want parents to know about G diapers. What is it that would that you um, want to get out?
3: Yeah, um, I think that um, we we see a, that we've redefined convenience. That it's it's, um, it's quite an odd thing to put. 70 used diapers in the corner of your child's room in a diaper genie filled with human waste, and mm-hmm. then throwing that in the garbage—it goes in the landfill. We've redefined convenience in that you can you can um, you can home compost wet only diapers, create a great garden. You can flush the product. Follow the directions; they've been certified flushable. Um, there's no plastic in the product, so you're resolving the um, diaper issue. So that's a that's a big a shift away from the current status quo.
2: Um, You've redefined convenience and removed guilt, which is two in one.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's a two part system and, um, it's a a, a smart design. Like we've really thought about, well, how do you reinvent this? product? So it's it's a, it's a, it's a clever design. We're obviously planet loving, um, and and the last piece I think is it's you can be true to you and I think a fear of all parents is that you lose yourself when you become a parent. But G diapers has a really cute set sort of um, fashion that we use, and we we've, we've just launched new new prints and we do it twice a year. And so you can choose your style for your little one and um, be true to you, which we think is really important because we think that parents shouldn't lose their identity when they become a parent. Um, that was more than one thing, sorry. No, no, that's, no, that's,
1: that's great. That's, you're that's you're great talking to two parents that go, yes, totally, or at least… Yeah. I, as, We're on board. Yeah, We're I'm on board for change. Now, you, now how, so how do people get these? Like, like living? live in, yeah, in, in, in New Brunswick, in, in, in Canada, you know, on the East Coast, um, who could who are just about to go into a, who actually, you know, and you know, what's interesting, Jason, the, not, not only do I think it's really important for all the reasons you said, but you, you just mentioned, and that's, and you probably did, I'm sure you did the purposely, but that, that whole notion of a diaper genie is just such a disgusting concept for me. And I just, the, I, we got rid of those diaper genies as soon as our kids were out of diapers. Cause it just feels wrong. I guess I never thought about it like that. And I'm just the thought and the, the joke has been, Oh, you get, you know, like, you, you know, not only have a child, but the Diaper Genie, it's just ugh. So, how do we? How do I? How do we? How do I not? Our family not ever have to buy another Diaper Genie again.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, one thing is, is that if you think about each baby goes through five thousand diapers, and um, on an average day, you know, sort of four out of six are wet only. So, composting's a really great way to deal with that. If you're in any way a composter, um, you can also just flush them. And um, so those are the two disposal wow. methods that we recommend. But yeah. we're, we're working on a, a new a new offering we call G-Cycle. And it's, we've got mm-hmm. partnered with this technology. If you go to gcycle.com.au, it's this Israeli technology where in your backyard you'll have a unit where you put all your food waste and our nappies, our diapers and our wipes, and it, it generates organic liquid fertiliser, which you just collect and put on your garden. Um, but it also creates natural gas, which can power your barbecue or can power your stovetop in your kitchen. And so it's really waste to energy, and that's really where we're taking this company. We've spent the first 12 years of our life as a diaper company, and now we're going to be a resource company, <laughs> a renewable energy company. Oh, that's cool.
2: <laughs> well, I think you are. I mean, even just in their, the, the your approach at culture and, and thinking about it more holistically, from the people that work in your business for taking time off, including kids in your business. I think your approach is, is the way the world needs to go and to not look at it just as a diaper, but the idea of raising children and raising the world we want to live in. And I think you're a great example. That's your company right. really exemplifies, uh, I think a, a, a great leader in the role models that we need as we're raising our children. And Thank not just you. a, not yeah, just
3: a diaper fun. ad. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. And I think because my wife and I started as parents, it wasn't some, you know, MBA project. And it's like, how do we maximize, how do we make the most money out of a business?
1: Right, right. It's
3: funny, over the last 12 years, we, we, we started before Facebook and then social media came up amongst us. And um, we've got a very large mum community on, on Facebook. And We just started doing Facebook Live. And one of the things we do is a thing called It Takes a Village to Raise a Parent.
1: It's all about the parent, <laughs> and it's, it's almost
3: like not not that not that when you're a parent, it's like a plane crashing. But if a plane is crashing, you put the you put the mask on yourself first, and then you put it on the kid. And so much of what you read as a parent is how do you raise a kid, how do you get them to sleep, how do you do this, and a lot of it is like, well, wait, as a parent, how do we? as parents let's get the parent right first and then the, the kids got a shot and so it's it's been interesting going wait, we we are a bit more than a doctor company mm-hmm. you know it's it is about the parents so so yeah um, we're we're
1: we're at, we're kind of coming to to the end here but just before we before we um, before we sign off here i'd be just curious to learn a little bit you know for the entrepreneurs listening to this about you know some of the challenges maybe that you um, have come up against and and I'm guessing overcome, as it relates to, you know, um, triple bottom line, you know, being profitable, being yeah. people on the planet, and just I just love to hear your learning, you know, in terms of you know because you you've got it sounds like probably extensive learning in that place, and I just it just it's kind of what's the reality of that for or or you what was your reality in, in, in terms of the challenges? Yeah, I think. That?
3: I think the biggest issue in being a triple bottom line business, I think, is the intersection of the sort of the founders and management that um, that want to be a triple bottom line. And then when, um, when you go out and raise capital, it gets very difficult because the current structure of raising capital to grow a business is if it's angel investors or VCs, it's a five to seven year sprint to an exit. There's no alternative. There's literally no alternative. If someone's going to invest in your business, you have to sell the company in five to seven years, or you find another set of investors, and that's very, 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 very hard. And you, the, the unless you're a Patagonia and you're self-funded, mm-hmm. you know you've got massive gross margins; you can just grow yourself, which is awesome. But the, I think the, the, the that the challenge is that the media talks about. Um, the big the big fundraising that happens and you know startup x raises hundred million dollars to start their business if you apply that thinking to a true bottom line business it's incredibly hard because the metrics you use to to indicate success are very different um you know and it's sort of uh, so so it's it's i think the capital part of it is super challenging and it's very hard to find mission aligned money and I think a lot of money wants to be mission aligned but they trip themselves up because they don't know how to measure it. It's like we don't know. Like, okay, so you had you had flat sales this year, but these other measures over here were very positive. Well, who cares? Like, it's very hard, and then you start looking like a non-profit. So it's very difficult. I think that's the biggest challenge has been that.
1: Do um, what do you and there's see? No what, easy yeah, I was. Going to, of course, I was going to ask that. Like, do you see solutions um, coming in?
3: There's one. There was one sort of model because this sort of sprint to exits really flawed. I mean the VC angel model is five to seven years to an exit. Nothing in the natural world grows that quickly except cancer, I suppose. Mm. And so to sort of assume that, you know, and so but the problem is that media love those stories. Media, The media love that Instagram was bought by um, Facebook when there was like seven employees and they had no revenue. Like they love that and everyone loves that and that's amazing but it's completely ridiculous. And so um, to sort of so you've got to set that at those sort of fairy tales aside. Um, the one, the one interesting one is is a model that I think they use in real estate where you invest and then you, what is it? You, it's sort of like you pay dividends off each year. It's like a share of sales. So the so the investor is getting a, is getting a, a stream of income back almost immediately. So then there is no sprint to an exit because one of the funny things with a sprint to an exit is. Kind of like raising money. If you're raising money or trying to sell your business, the thing you're not doing is actually building value for the company.
1: (laughs) You know? And you
3: you simply, you know, as as parents, you know this. You can't do two things at once very well. And when you (laughs) get into that space, you're absolutely screwed.
1: Especially dad's.
2: Uh, sprint- totally dad.
3: <laughs> God,
2: Sprint exit is like the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, useless.
3: exactly. Exactly. It's so true. Uh, and it's like, wait a minute. I read this in the Wall Street Journal. Everyone does this, and it's like, no, actually not everyone does this, and the the, the failure the failure rate of VC backed companies is about 75% according to Harvard, which is really interesting.
1: Wow. Um, so, oh, so, so that's, that's good to know. I mean, so that's, you know, some of the, and I appreciate you being so candid around that. Cause I mean, that's, that's, that is the challenge. So um, what, um, any, any final, qu- I've got, a, I got a kind of something I want to mention to, to Jason. As, as a, a f-
2: future dad, you should get in there. Get, get in, in there?
1: there. Okay. So, well, no, and this is just going to be an odd request, Jason. Okay. But in the, with the Boiling Point podcast, we've had, um, uh, we had a brewmaster on who made a beer uh, around our personality okay we just, we yeah. had we, and this is big guy brewing we had uh, pomodori which is this wonderful world-class um oven pizzeria you know where they make these fire. flat yeah fire yeah, fire, it? yeah. Uh-huh. it's fabulous i mean these guys have won uh, war, world world awards and you know so they're doing a they're going to do a signature pizza and you just talked about styles and patterns of diapers and i just thought my god there might be an opportunity here what do you think I mean, a, a boiling point podcast. Not, not, not,
2: Acre can help design
3: this. Not only, not only is there an opportunity, we have a legion of really crafty mums who have, who we call upcyclers, and they take, they buy our pants at full price, and then can pimp them any way their customers want. So maybe I could work with one of those guys, and we could work with you, and we could make a one-off diaper just for you.
1: Just for
2: Dave to wear. Just for Dave to wear. (laughs) It'd be,
3: It'd be pretty big, but I think (laughs) you could pull it off. I think you've
2: got the hips for it. Oh, well, I think... I didn't want to talk about his hips, but thank you for bringing that up.
3: (laughs) You know what? You know know what? We knew it was going to come. I know. In every one of these. (laughs) I'm glad we talked before, but...
1: Um, how do people learn more, uh, especially a, uh, you know, a, a new? I mean, um, a, ch- a person like myself coming up with a, this, and my wife with a, a new child coming along. How do we? How do we get your product, and how do we learn more about all the cool yeah. things you guys are doing? So,
3: best bet is gdarkers.com. dot um, If you're in Canada, Amazon is uh, the best place to get them. Okay. And if you've got any questions, just email me, Jason at gdarkers.com. We're on Facebook. We've got about two hundred thousand mums there, and uh, yeah, we. Facebook Live three times, Facebook Live three times a week, and uh, yeah, we love it. You can come and meet me and Kim. Uh, she sounds a lot like you because you're Canadian, and uh, yeah, it's
1: good. So sounds like us. Just
2: crazy. really quickly, you, you. I think you said something interesting earlier that you said you become parents quickly. Like you know, it takes a village to raise a parent, but you become a parent very quickly. Mm. A first-time parent. It, all of a sudden, you're not a parent. Then you're a parent, and you're learning about a multitude of things at the same time. I'm just and maybe we could talk about this later, but it's just how do you get to parents before they even know they're going to become parents to learn about this earlier in their life? Uh, it just seems like being a parent now just on the finishing diapers stage, hopefully soon,
1: uh, you is really to kind trip, of know, to trip to Amsterdam
2: if, you know, could change I wish all we that. talked five years ago. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, you well. know, yeah.
3: We, yeah, we, we try and work with midwives mm. and with birth professionals and doulas and, um, you know, they're, they're talking to expectant parents all the time and uh, that's, that's probably our, our best way to sort of – and just network, you know, one mum speaks to another mum and it's a bit of word of mouth. And I think what, you know, our sort of tagline is diaper different. We, we, we're a very different company. The product looks different. My wife and I's approach to the business is different. So – um, guy different is our hashtag and we are looking for people who are looking for different ways because like everything, you don't want to be a product for everyone. Uh, we're a product for a particular kind of parent who is looking for a different way to raise their kids and, um, uh, and to have genuine conversations. And, and so that's really what we stand for. And so I think we can find those mums and dads, um, in places that, you know, for example, how you choose to, bring a child into the world is is, if you're intentional and different about it then that that might be a kind of parent that that would be interested in this kind of product if you're sort of blasting through parenthood and going okay get me that get me that c-section because i have got to get back to work then maybe maybe this isn't for you and that's totally cool because you know there's lots of different choices that we so so we we work with birth professionals and um seek out those parents who are trying to do things a little differently, which I, as we said at the beginning of this show, to challenge the status quo, to do things their own way. And parenting is one of those experiences where you can very much do things your own way. There's no, There's no need to do it the way your parents did it.
1: Awesome, Jason. Well, I tell you, you know, in terms of a different diaper, a bowling point diaper would be very different. So we could certainly help <laughs> you out there. Thank, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks um, for being the change, yeah, as they say in the B corp. Nice, nice to meet you. No, problem. I'm glad that that guy uh, that that will remain nameless that we've forgotten about twenty yeah. minutes ago now yep. uh, introduced us and and got you on and and you know what? I guarantee this is a guarantee, and I hope. Someone calls me out on this in a month or two from now. But I, I you have certainly a new customer in New Brunswick, Canada. Yeah,
2: and a great baby shower, great baby shower guest for everyone out there yes, listening. I yes. think to, to start a kit, to get people, try them out. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm no, gonna, but I'm thinking of my yeah.
1: diaper party coming up. I diaper did party, get Amazon.
2: Park. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, my friend. I uh, appreciate you taking our call and um, great talking to you and, and and very cool learning about what you do.
3: Thank you so much. Have a great evening. See you, you too. Later.
1: Take care. See you, Jesus. Bye bye. So- bye. That was, that is really cool, Monica. Like, I mean, my God. It's so, you know, the throwaway. I never thought about it. Where is the way? Mm -hmm. Like, my take, like, that's a really, like. There is no way
2: is really something to wrap your head around. And it really, and it's sinking. And I think we've created a culture that really tries to make you believe the opposite. As quickly as possible. It's cleaning up the idea that your garbage goes faster, seamlessly, that it actually isn't accumulating. Yeah. Like a. Because you put it in this
1: bin and then it goes somewhere and, and you don't really to think about it. trying to make you forget that you
2: are actually connected to all the pieces that you yeah. that you touch. Oh, new guilt. Ouch. Or oh. new change. <laughs> or new change. There you go. You're we're about be, to start your journey. Much more positive.
1: Yes. But I'm, you know what? We're gonna. We're, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find out about that as soon as possible. Wonderful. My, my mom, God lover, um, who may be listening to this, um, bought Mary Ellen, my wife and I, um, a whole bunch of um, cloth diapers. Mm-hmm. And just so not convenient. This is right. on baby one, right. uh, our, our eldest, and uh, I just felt bad because they never got used, you know. So, so this is new convenience, guilt free. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, welcome. To, you know, I'm so glad you've taken over this podcast. Yeah, um, I'm, fans I'm glad of too. If I'm a the point, <laughs> will, can tune in anytime to listen to Monica there. And whoever guest <laughs> whatever co host she brings on to the boiling point. Let's future. bring Greg
2: back for just one. Okay, you know, as a guest. Yeah, and maybe, maybe next one. Maybe
1: we can bring back, uh, or we can bring our former guest, which is your husband Stephen, on to be a co host. Let's let the
2: people vote.
1: Let want, <laughs> Let's let you and I decide. Do you want to do that?
2: Okay, we're gonna decide. Yeah,
1: let's just give them that okay. chance. Okay. Um, it's been a real pleasure. Thank uh, you a lot for of having fun. me. I think we I think we're, we're we're getting down this little groove. Eh, after five after five weeks, it's been yeah. great. So people may be calling us back. We, we accept that. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for sharing. A, oh, man, your been, guests. I mean, that's yeah. been wonderful. No, thank you for coming on. It's been great, and uh, and I and I I know people will be asking to hear more from Monica there. So
2: later later thank you very much
0: thanks for checking out this episode of boiling point remember to rate and subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter at boiling point pod to see more from dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on twitter at dave underscore veil and to catch up with greg visit hemmingshouse.com and at greg hemmings on twitter Thanks for listening. And remember, keep that pot boiling.
1: You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness? Then check out the Natural Man podcast. Join me, host Mike C., as we explore all areas of human wellness, physical, mental, and emotional.